Hello and welcome everybody. I want to do a quick intro uh, before we get into the podcast. Um, I'm going to start doing this at the beginning of the podcast uh, that I record with the person, but I didn't do it on these first couple of episodes, so I just wanted to give you guys a quick uh, intro as to what, who the guest is and you know where what their background is and stuff like that. Uh, on this episode is my, is my cousin Jake. You guys may see him around on my Twitch channel as that's a 50 DKP minus. He, uh, I've known him my whole life. We have a lot of fun memories together from Legos to video games, you know, just to just crazy stuff. But uh, recently we've been playing a lot of video games together and uh, I just had him on because I just like talking to him. I mean, that's just, that's the, the short end of it. <laughs> um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, he, he's in the military, he's in the Air Force. That's all I'm going to say about that, but he's a really, very smart guy and we just talk about some cool stuff. So enjoy. All right, so yeah, we're recording. This is we're recording. We are doing a thing. So are we on the internet, as what, they would say in uh, one of my favorite shows? I guess we will be in the future. I have no idea how to do that at all. <laughs> That's one thing actually um, about starting a podcast that I've had to just look up things on, you know, like how to how to up like where to upload, you know. And there's like several different websites, and you can obviously do. Spotify, uh, you can even upload them to YouTube. And there's actually just like specific websites that are all about podcasts, which I didn't even know about because I've always listened to podcasts on only Spotify and YouTube. Um, yeah, they always they always say, come rate me on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find Yeah, Stitcher is a big one. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and, I, and then iTunes, I was like, I haven't used iTunes. I can't, I'm not going to lie, I can't think of the last time I did. Probably high school, which was well over. 10 years ago um and i used it to make mix cds <laughs> like when i, I had would... one of those those little ipod shuffles and i would i love that thing and that was the only reason i ever had itunes oh man do you remember like my me and my sister were obsessed with those this was before like this is like right when for digital music first hit the scene mcdonald's had those things called hit clips do you, yep. do you remember those man all right so we had they they played like twenty five seconds of a song and we were thought they were the coolest thing ever, which looking back it's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> it's like you don't want to listen just twenty five seconds of a song, um. But yeah, I uh, I had an iPod Shuffle, which again terrible technology. I don't my I want my song. I want to be able to play the song I want to listen to when I want to listen to it. Um, did it only shuffle? I can't I can't remember. I don't remember. I I remember only having uh, the Foo Fighters "In Your Honor" CD on it, and I would just play that, and that would be my run album. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, running. You had a run album. Wow. It, it tells you how drastically different <laughs> our lives are. I've never I've never set up music to run to, which I think if you could see, I think our obligations are different, but our mindset is very similar. Like, because I don't enjoy running. I fucking hate it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, anything I could do to get me through it, a good CD, uh, that'll be it. Yeah. I mean, was this when you, so you're in the military for those that, uh, that don't know, uh, you're in the air force. Uh, does that, is that when you were in the military? Is like when you started, cause I, cause you're 30. Oh, ha- by the way, happy birthday. Today's your birthday. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. And you're like, I don't know, 40 million years old. Um, yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> so when iPod shuffles came out, were you already in the military? I, oh yeah. Oh really? Okay. That timeline is really weird for me. No, I'm yeah, I was I was in the military a couple of years. I got my first cell phone after basic training. It was a Cayo Sierra, which was still a company yeah. and it still had T9 texting and all that stuff. Yeah, that was it was it the like oval gray phone? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Though I we had those. Um man, phones uh it's just what's weird speaking of like, you know, digital music and phones and it's crazy to see how much technology has advanced in those few years. Because uh, it's been, I don't know, what, you've been in the military how long? How many years? 15. So you've been in the military 15 years. I, 15 years ago, I was 15. And, well, technically 14 because my birthday is next Sunday. Um, so I was, I was just starting, I was just starting ninth grade? Yeah. No. I was just starting 10th grade. Yeah. 
I was just starting 10th grade. So that was, that was actually a year later than like ninth grade was my big year. I remember I had this uh, photography class in ninth grade as an elective, probably the easiest class I ever took. It was this guy's last year teaching and he did not care at all what we did. I mean, it was, it was basically a free period, but he was like, all right, you have to go take pictures and develop them. And what he gave us all cameras and uh, we would have to go take them and like, and then get the film and like develop them, which was really cool process. I, we had like a red room and everything. Um, it was really cool. But what was really nice is that it was a mix of like different classmen. So I was a, I was the only freshman in that class. The rest were, most of them were seniors or juniors. Um, so it was really cool as a freshman to be able to, you know, interact with these people. Well, I was also the only person that knew how to make CDs, like burn CDs, and uh, the only person that knew how to download music uh, legally, for anyone asking. Um, but no, uh, basically giving my computer viruses to download music, and I would make mix CDs for everybody for like, it was like $3. I mean, I could have been selling these CDs probably for $10. I, w- I was highly un- under-marketing myself, but uh, yeah, it was like a free period, so that's what, that that's Right when I made like I made probably like a hundred mix CDs that year, I bought myself so much stuff just making mix CDs for people. Um, but yeah, I had, I had two hustles uh, when I was coming up. I I did the mix CD thing, um, but my I also had the benefit of having a dog tag stamper. Um, so you get dog tags when they come are obviously blank, and you get this machine, and you just spin a dial to the right letter, and then you shove this handle down like it's a gigantic stapler or something. And it dents that little one little letter and then it can auto advance kind of like a typewriter and you just bang out lines. And I had a pages set up that I would give to people and would just, you know, have every position that I could throw a letter in and they would just fill that out. I'd come home, bang out a couple pairs of dog tags and then sell them for like four bucks a piece. (laughs) That's great. I mean, that's, that is the, like, that's, that's such a perfect hustle because even though, now being an adult wearing dog tags would i i think are kind of disrespectful but uh that's besides when you're a kid you think they're the coolest shit because you see people like rambo and you know all these guys in movies wearing them and, or just people in your real life you know that are in the military and you know you you have respect for these people you idolize them and uh yeah it's you know you just want to look cool i remember i remember yeah. like as a kid you know being being a boy, you would always get like I would always see like things for sale, like toys. It was like a gun and dog tags, and I'm like, looking back on that, I'm like, man, like that's that's crazy to try to sell it to a kid. It's like, but I mean, it makes sense, you know, because you know soldiers are yeah. well respected and everything, so they idolize warriors. Exactly, which is if you think think about it, I mean, that's a very primal thing. You know, like, especially as I think as a man, like, I think there's something I feel deep down where it's like, you know, you want to be that, you know, that stern, like, person and have that warrior instinct. But not all of us have it (laughs) or or, or are able to act upon it. It might be like a self-perpetuating situation where we all glorify the warrior um, and the people want the trappings of the warrior dog tags and it's kind of a cycle like people want it they want to attain it it's this super bowl of this specific job and then as we glorify it and uh i don't want to say hero worship but we give our respect to that position people want to attain that so it's like a cycle yeah no i, I could definitely see that um i've talked uh with members of my family about certain things i i feel this is not i don't feel like this is their intent but i do feel like somewhere deep down it almost brainwashes children like not just i'm not even just the soldier thing but like just the things that are they're given as a kid you know like i guess brainwash is the wrong word but i would say it definitely influences heavily you know what they like and dislike and stuff like that um you can i mean you can just see it like i mean i guess it's just a kind of like a nature versus nurture type thing, you know? Yeah, because what you're surrounded by yeah. um, is going to influence 
what you consider or what comes up as an option. So if, if you don't never even consider something as an option, you're not going to even try to pursue it. That's why um, when I see people that like have a very like narrow mind, like very narrow worldview, I, I'm always, and I don't know anything about them. I'm not talking to them in person, like on the internet or something, or I see someone, you know, I always want to be like, where are you from? You know, like what, how big is the place that you live in? How many people live there? Because in my head, I obviously stereotype them. I'm like, you probably live in the middle of nowhere and you don't talk to a lot of people. <laughs> so you've never left that place. Yeah. It's like you, you live in a town of like 5,000 people and everyone knows everyone. And I don't know. See, and, and you know what's funny is I don't know how big a town of 5,000 where I could live could be 5,000 people. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> so, but I, I know it's bigger than that where I live and obviously where you live too. Um, but, I feel like 5,000 small. I feel like if I had a town... I'd say it's pretty small. Yeah, I mean... Because I think where I live is like 100,000? I have no idea. But I know like New York is like 7 million or something yeah, crazy. It's, it, it's It's so high. So it's like when you look at something, you know, like a big melting pot city, and then you compare it to like the rest of the country, like I can understand, you know, why may have the wrong view of like you know people from different cultures or whatever because you haven't met them you haven't talked to someone and you haven't had the ch the opportunity to be like oh they're not like that or you know i i like whoever told me this was wrong you know whatever it may be so if they have left their town it was on a yeah. cruise and <laughs> they really didn't interact yeah it's like they saw they saw you know the boat and it's like yeah um, I mean, honestly, it's something that I've had to uh, work on, not the being ignorant of other cultures, but being ignorant of ignorant people. Like, if that sounds right, basically, I would just try to, like, tell them that they're wrong and wouldn't tell them why or, like, try to show them, you know, educate them. I would just be like, no, you're wrong, you know, you're stupid, and blah, 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 and just totally dismiss them, which is not the right thing to do. Um, yeah, there's like a lack of empathy that gets into that. Well, yeah, and also if if someone who in their mind thinks that they're right, no matter you know, like they're like, oh no, this is the right way to think. If they come up against this wave of dismissive, like uh, dismissive behavior, and you know they're thrown aside, they're not gonna be like, oh maybe I should change my ways. They're gonna be like, no, fuck those people. I'm gonna go talk to people that I know that are like me. And so it just creates this vicious cycle of like, well, yeah, they were ignorant, but you're being more ignorant almost because, you know, you're not trying to see where they're coming from at all. Or you're not trying to see why they think like that. You're just thinking, oh, what they're thinking is wrong, but then you don't tell them why or you don't try to educate them to not think like that. I mean, I've had family members on my mom's side of the family, not our, not our side of the family. By the way, for those that don't know, we're, we are related. Me and Jake, we're cousins. But I've had family members on my other side of the family that, like, I've just kind of looked at and be like, yeah, I don't think it'd be worth talking to you about this. <laughs> it's like... It's it's a matter of energy. Like, how yeah, much energy exactly. do you expect them to expend? Because I'm pretty good at computers, and a lot of people are like, oh, you're so smart. And I'm like, no, it's just... it's I've spent a lot of energy yes. focusing on this one area. I'm terrible at certain other things that you're going to be so much better at me at. Oh, that's like um, growing up. I mean, obviously I think I'm a smart guy, but growing up, hearing that over and over, it, it sounds stupid to say this, but I think you'll understand what I'm saying. It kind of, it kind of got old of people saying, oh, you're so smart. You're so smart. You can do anything. And it's like, it's like, but yeah, I could, but most stuff I hate. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't I don't want to be an astronaut or pick pick a career. It's like I don't want to do those things. It's like I could. I th I think I I think I mean if I think if I put enough hours like you said or energy into it, I probably could do it. But the want isn't there. The the uh, desire isn't. Um, it's nice that they want the best for you. Yeah. Like they want you to have this whatever they want or whatever they think you want. But at the same time, it's, they're not really doing anything other than offering some few words of. A and yeah, it's, it's a good sentiment. Yes. It, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's like, I appreciate it, but and I, 
I've I've thought this recently, um, and I, I it's funny because I saw it on a meme, and I don't I hate to be that guy that's like I saw this on the meme. It's it's a, it's real, you know? Because I oh, think I'm shameless. Do what? I'm sorry. I said I'm shameless. I talk about memes all the time. Well, I mean, I I use memes as like a f- way to like present things, but I don't. I'm not one of those like people on Facebook that are like share something and they're like you see, and I'm like, did you even Google this? Like. Oh, I would never offer it up as evidence of something. It's <laughs> well, that's humor. yeah, and that's and that's exactly what I'm thinking. It was uh, the meme was talking about kids who uh, were smart growing up and were able to like kind of like skate by, have like a tough time when they get older because the expectations are so high for them to be able to do stuff, but they never learned to try. And I was like, that's kind of true. I was like, I, I can feel that in you know, part of me because. When I, all the way through high school, like up until high school, sorry, up until and during high school, I never had to like try. I, I could literally just get by by doing nothing. And it it sucks because I never had the desire to like try to push myself because I could, I in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I'm passing. You know, I can I can get good grades without doing much. So when you get older and, you know, you're about to turn 30, trying to find or over the last few years I've done this but teaching yourself to have willpower and drive yourself to do things it's is a hard thing to teach yourself uh it's really parallel weird. is if you're born into a system that's uh, you're kind of at a uh disadvantage and you have to persevere mm-hmm. through that disadvantage you're going to be more successful later in life yes i told to, it you know you know how to put in the work and that's and the thing is is like that's if you're able to get through those obstacles and stuff. You know, sometimes people try and then they hit obstacles and they're not able to push past them, you know, and uh, to no fault of theirs because, the you know, some obstacles are just really it's, – it's almost like a luck thing at certain points, you know. Um, but, so, you know, you hear these, like, great success stories and I'm like, that's, that's great. You know, I, I, I'd love to see uh, kind of like rag to riches. Not rag to riches, but, like, you know, just like kind of people who persevered and – you know, they're yeah. like, yeah, I had all this stuff facing me and I got through it and now I'm here and, you know, it's like, it's going great for me. And I'm like, that's so good to hear. And it's, it's really weird personally because it's like, I haven't had to face many obstacles in my life. Almost zero. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I haven't really had any, you know, being who I am, it, it's just, there's not really many things that I looked at and were like, mm, that's going to stop me. It's mostly myself, you know? It's a. Let's just talk about the incredible amount of luck. I mean, genetics and time-wise, like being born where we are now, and then having the genetics that we do, where neither of us are dying from some disease that we can't handle, and just being born at this time is none of this. None of this we chose for ourselves. So it's exactly. it's very lucky. Ace of spades, full full royal flush. It feels like. And and then you know our our grandchildren. Or you know whatever down the line are going to be even luckier if you think about it. Maybe you know I feel like uh, I feel like technology is going to keep getting better and they're going to be able to cure things that you know kill us now without even trying. It's like oh yeah, get this get this shot when you're a kid or whatever. Or CRISPR where we're gene editing and we're going to have superhuman kids. Well, I was I was going to ask you that. Uh, that was my that was my next thought is like. Would you, if if you had the option, I know you, you already you already have a kid, but like, let's say you had another one, just, you know, theoretically, and they were like, we have this new technology, uh, we can make them, you know, we, we can edit this one gene and make them really smart or something. Would you, would you consider that? I think I would be morally obligated to do it. Really? Then just I'm presented a... with a choice. Yeah. If if I say yes, then my kid has an advantage. If I say no, my kid does not have an advantage. So I feel like I'm morally obligated to say yes if all things considered, there's not some serious side effects that yeah, we're not considering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, I was going to say that. Yeah. Nothing would go wrong. Like that, they would be like, it's 100%. I mean, not that medicine's ever that way. <laughs> it really never is. There's always like, well, they could die. <laughs> you know, there's, it's always like that. That one thing, it's like, yeah, you can get this surgery and they could live, but there's like, you know, uh, like a point one percent they could just die. And I'm like, Jesus, man, like, that's that's what blows my mind is like, 
when you hear about these surgeries that have like 99.99% success rate, I'm like, what the fuck happens in those other times? Like, I guess it's, you know, working with humans in human bodies, we're not a machine. It's not like if you know how to fix a car, you can fix a car. You know, it's like sometimes the other 0.1% of times they were carried out by military doctor. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. So when I was in Cali, I had a buddy that went in for shoulder surgery and he flatlined twice. Uh, the anesthesiologist punctured his lung and they didn't oh find it until they had to like bring God. it back. To How? I don't. Mm. I hope they lost their license. I mean, geez, dude. We we actually can't sue for malpractice. Our families can, um, but we personally can't. That's what? a law that may change soon. What the fuck? Dude, I would never have known that if you did not tell me. That I mean, yeah, it makes sense. It from from their point of view, they're like, yeah, you know. I guess it's because in you know times of war, I, this is where my head went. It's like field doctors. It's like, well, you didn't save that person. You, you know, you could have. It's like, yeah, but, you know, bullets are flying past me and stuff. It's like, you're going to sue me for malpractice because of that? It's a matter of triage. I, I got to take care of the most important ones, uh, yeah. the most likely to be saved. Yeah, which is crazy. Have you seen that movie, man, with Andrew Garfield? Uh, he he plays a guy from where I, from where I live in uh, Lunchburg. Like, this is a real story. He He was, like, so devout in his beliefs, he refused to, like, shoot anyone. And he saved like a hundred and thirty oh. something people or something. It was some crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's not Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, uh, it is. Maybe it is Hacksaw Ridge. It I'm... is Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's uh, playing a. Uh, I know the guy's name. He's a conscientious objector, and he gets the Medal of Honor. I want to say for it's something like that. Yeah. People. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. movie. Uh, okay, the movie was terrible in my opinion. Really? Just, just some of the things that I saw were ridiculous, but uh, the story is an awesome story. Like I've. I posted his citation at one point because uh, I thought it was awesome. Um, you should definitely read it if you're into it. Is he still alive? I doubt it. Yeah, because that was World War What Two? Uh, God, I want to say it was Pacific Theater. So yeah, World War Two. Yeah, because I think he was fighting uh, Japanese soldiers in the movie. I, I only watched like 20 minutes of movie. My dad loves the movie. My dad loves war movies. Desmond Doss, World War Two. Desmond Doss. Okay, I'll have to look him up. Uh, and read more about him because at when I first heard about the movie, I'm not going to lie, I was like, I in my head, I was like, why join? And then I was like, wait, <laughs> it was World War II. He didn't really, I don't think he, I don't know if he, do you know if he chose to join? Like, or if he was drafted? That I don't know. Because in my head, I'm like, if you're, I, I don't know, I feel like if you go into the military, you have to. At some point, you have to be like, if I'm going to, it's almost like it would be, it would feel stupid to me to go in and be like, I'm not going to kill anyone. And I could cause someone to die because of that. You know, like if you, if you shot this person that you're fighting to save, you know, your brother in arms, I feel like that's what you would want to do. However, I guess from his point of view, he, I think from what I saw in the movie again, uh, he, he was saying that one life is no better than the other, which... I understand. And, you know, war is war. So I, I, I do want to read more about him, though, because it is a very crazy, like, crazy good, you know, story, like, that, you know, someone who didn't kill anyone would get that. I think, I think you said he got, like, the Medal of Honor or something. Yeah, like, highest military honor. And I, I think there's places in the military for conscientious objectors, not every job is a kill people, break their stuff job. True. We have a lot of support jobs that they could fill and they never see a rifle. Um, so I see no reason somebody couldn't serve if they didn't want to kill people, That's but a fair point. you have to go in, <laughs> you have to go in with the mindset like, Hey, I'm there is this unlimited liability cause I could get shot at. Um, things could go wrong. I may have to pick up a rifle. Uh, I would have a hard time deciding to join if I was a, objected to you know violence yeah i mean I, <laughs> this is another movie i think i think in movies by the way I've, i watched a lot of movies um it's funny when i hear music i can tell you typically if it's like a really popular song or a movie that i've watched a lot i can be like oh that was in that movie in this scene and it, i don't know why but that, that's the way my brain works and like records information 
is it's I'm very good with movies and music. But when you said uh, you made the point of saying there are positions in the military that don't see a lot of like active combat, um, that would, like is good for you know conscientious objectors. I thought of the movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it's that Pauly Shore movie with Andy Dick. In the army now, yeah, and they—they're all—they're water boys, and they end up being like the heroes, movie. dude. That people hate on Polish War, but he, dude, he has some funny. Son-in-law is honestly one of the funniest movies I've ever watched. Like, come on, man, Encino Man. I've never watched. I've, never, I've actually never watched Encino Man. The Biodome was funny though. Um, that's with uh, what is his name? Not Wayne's. I want to keep saying Wayne's brother, but I'm like, that's not it. Um, I'm not going to be the one to tell you. I'm oh my gosh! Actors. Oh, dude, it's they're all brothers. Oh my god, the one guy's really famous for. Uh, god, I'm not. I'm, I don't. How can this I not is think the point of... where the listeners rage quit. Yeah, they're like, "How do you not know this?" Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, hold up. What is that movie with? Uh, I, I can tell you one of the brothers' names. Um. Movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon where they like reverse roles. One becomes a rat and one becomes an undercover agent. The Departed. I have to I have to look this up because I'm gonna lose my mind if I don't think of this family. Um Oh my god. Oh the Baldwin. It, it it's uh so Alec Baldwin is the the biggest actor out of that family. I think in okay. I think in Biodome. I well, I don't know why this didn't look a biodome. Um Biodome, I think it's Sean or Stephen Baldwin. Stephen That's what it, Baldwin. Thank you. Oh my god, I was gonna lose my mind if I didn't figure that out. Have you seen the Alec Baldwin? Um, I don't remember the name of the movie, but it's a speech he does called "Coffees for Closers." No. Oh, it's so good. I'll have to link it to you. But it, 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 it's, it it's very motivational. Oh, okay. Have you? You know, when you said that "Coffees for Closers," it reminded me of another movie called uh, "Thank You for Smoking." It's about yep. lobbyists. That movie. I watched that when I was like 13. Cuz it came out in what, 2004, 2005. So I would have been I would have been 16. Well, that movie opened my eyes to how like spin works. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god." I was like, "Does this this is people people and people do this for a living, you know, like yep. Like you like actively lobbying for things that kill people." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, dude, this is nuts." People talk about like the shadow government and the deep state and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and it's it's contractors and and lobbyists. And that's who I feel actually run the government and do the work. Yeah, I mean, and I, I feel like you almost have to be a bit sociopathic to do that, man. Like to, I guess, or you know, people are driven by money probably more than anything. But I I don't know if I could knowingly go talk to people and be like, no, smoking's okay. Or, you know, I don't even drink. Yeah. Not, it's mostly not, it's not out of like a moral reason. I, I just get like really bad. Like I get like sick if I drink like stomach wise, but if they banned and, alcohol, I'd be like, all right, <laughs> I, I wouldn't care. It wouldn't bother me. Not disparaging all lobbyists. I'm sure some of them, uh, I know some of them do very good things, yes. but some of them do some very morally gray things. Yeah. And that's, that's the part. I mean, I think there are definitely, you know, I'm, I don't know if I would consider myself like to have like the best morals, but I definitely wouldn't, I couldn't do that, man. Like, mm-mm. It, it would be, a, it would be a tough job. Like every day, it, like that job would make me want to smoke from the stress and stuff like that. It's crazy. There's, dude. There's military lobbyists. Um, we have uh, sergeants associations that kind of lobby for education benefits and pay benefits for military members. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, so, when you say military lobbyists, who are who are they like presenting to? Like the nation, or I'm assuming Congress people. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. How like just just Congress in general? There's like 300 people, <laughs> you know, like out of our, or what? No, it's it's 100 plus like 250, or something like that. So it's like it's like 400 people out of like our nation of millions of people, and it's like it. But 
and people are like, uh, someone said something once where it was like, why don't we all just, why doesn't everyone just vote on everything? I'm like, you want everyone to go vote on every bill that comes through Congress? Like that. Uh, direct representation, I think that is. Yeah, it's something, it's some form of government. And I'm like, that would be a shit show. I, it, <laughs> I mean, like. Well, every every congressman and every staff or, uh, sorry, every congressman and every committee that they're on i think they have staff set up so it's not just the congressman they have a full retinue oh, yeah. of people that's going to help them with everything they're not expected to read every bill they have staffers yeah which is which makes sense um the part that blows my mind is that i don't think two person per state or what is what is that the house of that's for senate senate is two person per state and the house of representatives is based on population i'm like i don't I still don't think that's I, I I don't think it can I don't think it emulates proper representation the way that we want it to you know like well I, you got to think of that some country or excuse me some states like Rhode Island that's really small they're going to get equal representation in one house and get screwed in another but that's a fair point states like Texas that has a massive you know population and landmass they're going to have equal footing in one place and and you know unequal footing in another. So yeah. I can't think of another way that you could uh, make those disparities equal other than having these two separate houses with different forms of representation. Well, that's what I w I've always thought. Like, I feel like states are kind of superfluous to a point, you know? It's like, for me, I feel like federal law should, you know, that should, that should all, that should be it. There shouldn't be like state laws. Because, I mean, I feel like most state laws are just, like, like things that vary per state blow my mind. Like, inspections. Like, car inspections. What, like, if if one state deems it necessary to have have it done, I don't know why another state would deem it not necessary. It's like... Well, well I like it. I, I'm going to provide you a counterpoint here, is that we have a lot of mobility in this country. So, if you didn't like how things were in Virginia, you could move to Tennessee that things were more favorable to your mindset. Does that lead to a more divided nation? Uh, possibly, but at the same time, you have that mobility to get away from laws that you don't like. Um, I actually think the opposite should be true, that states should be more different and the federal government should be smaller okay. um, and leave more up to the states so that we have that diversity and you, you can still move to a place that speaks the same language and has basic, the same basic things, overarching values, uh, but on a on a small minute level things be very different and uh you might find some place you really like to live versus a place that you uh, don't really like to live i will say when you when you said that it makes sense because i mean if you if, if you look at like europe their countries like some of their countries are as big as our states some are smaller and i, I guess the u.s is a really big you know big place so I guess yeah, if, you know, on my model, <laughs> it would just probably, it would it would be bad because, you know, you pass this federal law, whatever it may be. Like, let's take car inspections. You know, people probably just wouldn't do it, and it just creates a whole lot of hoopla for nothing. Whether or not you think it sh they should be required, like you said, if I wanted to not get my car inspected, I can move to a state that didn't require them. Like I know Florida doesn't. Um, and I've seen some crazy, f you've lived in Florida. I've seen yep. some crazy shit on the highway there, man. Um, when I was down there, uh, the few times I've been there, like doors are missing, you know, I'm like, you're, it's a minivan. It's not like a Jeep. It's a minivan without, without doors on one side. And I'm like, Oh, we're doing that now. Are we? It's a and quick escape, man. Cause <laughs> you run into floodwaters. You need to be able to get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Florida can get flooded. I think I read like somewhere in like two minutes. Uh, you know. Oh man, <laughs> it's like the roads are paved with seashells or something. I don't remember <laughs> what the roommate is, but it's it's stupid. I'm pretty sure half of Miami is underwater at this point. But I was in Tampa and it would rain for like five minutes, and I would have to drive up river to get to the. Dude, my, Miami might actually be underwater. I think a hurricane was hitting them today. <laughs> no. I think that their sewer systems are like underwater and some of their streets are legit underwater at, you know, at a steady state level where they're having to pump water out of certain portions. Of Get out of here. And that was like a year ago I heard about that.
what is that in Italy? Venice? Or like the whole yeah. city floats? <laughs> That's what my Miami's the next Venice, man. There's every spy movie ever takes place there. Yeah, for real. I mean, I think Tomb Raider 2 starts there, by the way. I remember it because I played through that demo probably 20 times when I was a kid. Do you remember that? Do you, did dude, you demo CDs were the shit. Oh my gosh, dude. Where did those go? I, I, said, I said this the other day on my stream. I was like, and by the other day, I mean, like, I probably said this within the last year. Uh, demo CDs were great. I think every game should release demos. Stop with this whole beta access bullshit. Like, it's it's typically beta access to me. I think games should have betas if they're going to be like an MMO. Because then you can, you know, you can get an idea for server load and, you know, responses and whatnot. Um, but, like, what kills me is... I just want to play the game for, you know, a quick tutorial mission. Let me get a feel for the controls, get a feel for the graphics, and, you know, just let me see if I like the way the game plays. You know, I, obviously I'm not going to get to see a lot of the story, but give me a demo of it. And, you know, that would probably increase sales to mine. For me, it would, you know, increase my likelihood to buy a game if I played a demo of it and liked it. Because, man, I'm thinking back to, like, obviously the original PlayStation and original Xbox days, you could you could play demos of, like, every game. Like, every game yeah, had a you, demo. You would get a CD full of demos, mm -hmm. the half the games you hadn't even heard of, with whatever PlayStation magazine you bought, and then you'd end up playing Parappa the Rapper for, like, six hours, and be like, I'd really need this. Yep, I played... Crash Bandicoot. I played, um... There was a, there was a demo CD that had a Spyro demo, a uh, Crash Bandicoot demo, I want to say an Armored Core demo... And this other game that I really liked, it was called IQ. Or maybe it was called iCube, because I can't remember exactly. I think it was just called IQ. And it was a puzzle game. You basically were this human figure, and you were on this, like, you were in, like, a void, basically. And you were on this long, rectangular cylinder. And uh, what happens is blocks would... would come up out of the cylinder and then fold over and then like and they would be in certain patterns so what you would have to do is see where the the holes were going to be and you'd have to run there and get like make your way through the patterns to get to the other end of the of the rectangle basically and you okay. know I, I love and what it would do is the quicker you did it with the less dying it would tell you what your quote-unquote iq was and uh i was probably like 10 when I played this, so I, I wasn't the best at it, but it was a really cool game. And I think about that, and then on the original Xbox, they didn't just give you a demo of this game. They gave you the whole game for free when you when you got like a certain... I think, I think it was when you bought a year of Xbox Live, uh, which is kind of like a ripoff because it, it, all it is is an online service. Like other consoles have that service for free. But anyways... I think it was just a, a free game. It was called Tetris uh, Cascade. And I don't, have you, you, do you have a Switch, Nintendo Switch? I do. Have you played Tetris 99? I have not. By the way, that game's amazing. But, it remi but Tetris 99 reminds me of this game, and, and we're talking like a 15-year difference here. Um, Tetris Cascade was, you could play like different modes of Tetris, and it had like this great like trance music that played the whole time. I played that game for hours, man, like probably 300 hours. And it was just I've, so good. I've loved all the iterations of Tetris I've seen. Like, uh, yes. I think on N64, there was like a Tetris sphere that you'd have to spin a globe and place Tetris blocks down. That was ridiculously hard. That sounds amazing. So this was like classic Tetris. You know, it was still the, the rectangular uh, green. It wasn't 3D or anything, but it had different ways the blocks would fall. Um, and then I think one of them was like sideways, I think. I can't remember. It's been so long, but it just had great, the music was also just amazing. And then, uh, when Tetris 99 came out, it reminded me of it because obviously it plays the, tr the trance music. And then the so Tetris 99 is a battle royale for Tetris. And the way it works is when you get like combos, which are either, you get the Tetrises, which are the four lines, or you get, uh... Like, you do, like, uh, what are called L-spins, I think, where you spin a certain piece to get it to fit into a certain place. 
uh, and you and you clear lines, you send what are called garbage lines to other people. And what happens is the garbage lines build up on the bottom of their screen, so it pushes them closer to death. Well, if if your garbage lines cause them to go out, you get a kill, quote unquote. And then, and what you can do is you can kind of choose who you send these garbage lines to. Like you can target one player individually. You don't know who it is. You don't see a name. So like, you know, if you're playing with a pro or anything, you can't target them. But what you can do is you can see who's targeting you. You can see, you can, you can choose to target people who uh, have like the most kills slash badges. You can target people who are doing the worst, uh, like to try to knock them out. And it's, it's just like, there's a lot that goes into it. But what I really like about it is once it gets down to 50 players, it speeds up. It gets down to 25 players. It speeds up. Bottom 10 speeds up. And I'm like, oh my, it gets intense. I, you wouldn't think Tetris could like give you that same, that same thrill as like a normal BR, but it does. And it's crazy how they did it. I was like, this is a really well-designed game uh, for it being a battle royale. I've always liked Tetris, but I've preferred uh, Dr. Mario and Puzzle Fighters. Just, I, I liked those takes on the kind of things falling from the top and you got to put in the right spot. And I would love to see them get that same treatment where you got a hundred some odd people throwing crap at each other. I have never played either of those games. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I Puzzle you're, Fighters. You're going to say that, yeah. Yeah, you need to get a hold of Puzzle Fighters. It's I think uh, the cartoon characters are called uh, the Darkstalkers. I don't. I think they're from a comic book or something like that. But just the all the animation and everything that goes into it is. I, I have it on physical CD, and I, I've busted it out every once in a while and played it some more. But I've I've always loved that game. But I'm too good at it. I need to get a hold of my brother and him and I can go at. It. So what is the Puzzle Fighters? You said stuff fall from the top and you get to throw it at each other? Um, it's kind of the same concept as uh, Dr. Mario and Tetris where things are dropping from the top and then you have this uh, puzzle kind of down at the bottom you're trying to solve. Um, with Puzzle Fighters, it's uh, three or four colors and you put all these gems together. And as, say, if you get four in a, in a square, they're going to form one big gem. Mm -hmm. And then you keep forming these gems and occasionally you'll get a diamond that's like a spinning um it looks like a legit diamond you put in a ring and it's either I, th I don't remember if it's colorless or it matches a color i think it matches a color um but when you drop it on it when it lands and it's in place um it breaks whatever gem is below it and the larger the gem the more junk you put on top of your uh, opponent mm, okay so it gets pretty competitive really fast and then different characters um put junk on the opponent's screen in different patterns so Ooh. you'll get different patterns of uh of blocks coming up on you and some are kind of like odd job where it's like stupid to pick that character it's the junk they give you is so hard to sort through <laughs> that's funny it's funny you mentioned odd job i uh i was watching this video about goldeneye and how like people regard it as like one of the best shooters of all time and this person's like it's not though it's like for its time yeah it was great but now it sucks. They're like, what? And what they were talking about is how bad it was to play with that crappy N64 controller. And I was like, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, um, it's rough. Did you know there's a mod that you can you can go download uh, to play Goldeneye on your computer with keyboard and mouse at like sixty? Like I think, I think you can get sixty frames. That and sounds awesome. They said it changes the. It was video game donkey, by the way. Uh, it was his video on it. Um, so if you guys haven't watched it, go check that out. But um, he he pointed this out, and I'm like, he was like, playing it with keyboard and mouse changes the way you play the game. It makes it feel like a completely new game. Um, and that he's like, this is the way it was intended to be played. And I was like, I think a lot of shooters, I think I think it's, I I, I don't I can't imagine a first person shooter being played on anything other than keyboard and mouse now, because no, it, it's. It's just that's it's the best feel. I like controllers for like like um I like controllers. pretty much anything else. I mean, um, it depends for me. I I like like I mean we've been playing No Man's Sky. I don't want to play that with a controller. Um, I prefer keyboard and mouse for things that aren't that aren't like RPGs, like in the sense of like uh like Final Fantasy VII. I wouldn't want to play that with keyboard and mouse. Yeah, if it's got a, a kind set, of a simplified set control camera, scheme. Yeah. yeah. Like set camera games, I don't want to play with keyboard and mouse. 
real-time strategy games. Yeah. Almost any sim game like Sim Tower or Sim City. Yeah, um but now like MOBAs, you know, like uh Dota or League of Legends. I only want to play those with the keyboard and mouse. It's really weird. I wonder I wonder how many There are definitely games that I know like the flying in No Man's Sky, they definitely designed that with controllers in mind. Because it is terrible on keyboard and mouse. It's it's rough. It is I'm like, just make it move. I don't I, <laughs> and I know that sounds super stupid to say, just make it work. You know, like just fucking do it. But like <clears throat> they definitely designed it with a controller in mind. And you can tell because controllers have always had that like the joysticks have always had like that build up where it's like you're used to the delay, but keyboard and mouse is like when I move my mouse, my camera needs to be there. That's just how it works. Um, Do you remember when Rockstar spent all that money developing the table tennis game? No. What? It was uh, it was before I want to say Grand Theft Auto Four, sometime between three and four. Um, Rockstar came out with a table tennis game, and they spent a ton of money making the controls good, or a ton of time. And it was actually a really good game, from what I recall. Um, but people were just blown away how how well they did the controls. It was like hmm. Super Mario sixty four. I'll have to look into that. I I did not know about Rockstar previous to Vice City because. I remember when Vice City came out, man. I I think I think Vice City came out in what, two thousand three? When did when did Grand Theft Auto Vice City come out? I don't remember, but I remember it being good. I mean it was very good. I didn't like San Andreas all that much. Um I think Grand Theft Auto uh five is really good. It came out in October of two thousand two, Vice City did. I um I played the shit out of that game and it's funny with this whole video games cause violence thing. I'm like, I played that when I was 13 and you literally get to kill cops and, you know, get hookers. And I I was like, I remember putting in cheat codes and standing on top of a fucking skyscraper, shooting down helicopters. And that was the most fun. I've uh, one of the most fun I've ever had in video games. I've never in my life, (laughs) you know, not that I'm the only example here, but, I just can't. I, I know so many people that did that. I'm like, they're not remotely violent. I can't. I, I just can't. I can't help but refute that yeah. that that uh that thought of like video games. They're saying violence. A leads to B, and I cannot yes. draw a straight line between A, B, or C. Any of that, I, it does not make sense to. Me. Well, it's like I think what they do is they see these violent people, and they're like, oh, they played video games, and I'm like, yeah. They also rode the bus. Like, do buses cause? I don't know what to tell you. Like. You're doing this reverse engineer thing that does not doesn't work. In my it's experience, like, uh, I would feel good. I was gonna say I saw an infographic recently that showed a number of human deaths on every planet, and then and next column was like the planets yes or no do they have Java the programming <laughs> language <laughs> correlation causation thing. Yeah, it, it's so great, man. For me, I, I feel like I don't know. I feel like video games would save lives if anything. You know, they they let people release stress in a, in ways that no other no, nothing else can. You know, like yeah, I could see that. Uh, I'll try to play devil's advocate here, and let's say let's say they can normalize things for people. Uh, let's say you don't have a fully functioning brain, and you're a psychopath mm-hmm. in some aspect, and you play a video game, and you see this example of violence, and that in through playing it, it's normalized to you. Um, you still don't see it in society, so I think it's really only psychopaths are going to get triggered by this. But that's maybe the only tenuous connection that I can make. Yeah, and I don't know. It's so hard because I mean I'm obviously not a psychologist, but like you said, you don't see it in society. You you would the only, what I thought when you said that was maybe they maybe they think they're the ones that have to like introduce it, you know. Um, I gotcha. If, it puts if, it on say, their menu. Let's say the video games did give them this thought. <laughs> Maybe they were the ones that were like, I want to be that guy. I, you know, what What was the guy's name in Vice City? It, he was Tony Montana. Based, you know, he was. Yeah, that's who they based him off of. It. And it's like, I want to be Tony Montana. So it's like, he uses the machine gun and he kills people. I'm going to go do the same. And it's like, I, I guess that's what they see when they say, you know, video games cause violence. But I, I just can't. I can't wrap my head around it because. 
I mean, I've watched the same thing with movies. They said it about movies too, you know, like, uh, with like, that's why they have like PG 13 and all, you know, the whole rating system is so, you know, kids don't see violence and kids shouldn't see that. I mean, I don't think kids should see certain things, but I mean, my parents were pretty lax (laughs) in movies, uh, when I was growing up, I remember I watched silver bullet, which is an eighties werewolf movie when I was like four and and in that movie, you get to you. You don't see someone actively get ripped apart, but you see the remains. And um, I also watched a bunch of other stuff. Like, I also was part of the Xbox Live era too, where no, oh, the uh, lobbies and all that were oh. just ridiculous. Yeah, and and uh, well, uh, let's let me play devil's devil's advocate here and say <laughs> that say that maybe kids should be exposed to this and we're going to build up their immunity and they're if it's normalized they're going to be more used to it and more ready to take on this crazy world that we live that's that's i mean that's a that's another good way to put it you know like you said it normalizes it uh so it build up their immunity to see it i mean i think people should see i, I don't like again i said I, I don't think kids should be exposed to certain things uh, up until a certain age you know, I think once you're like 12, yeah. 13, you're in middle, you know, you're in middle school, you're ready to go to high school. Your friends are talking about everything at school. Let's be honest. Yeah, you're getting the wrong ideas about things. I, oh, man, I could remember some of the stupid stuff that was, you know, Bible truth growing up that just I got from friends that I believed and then was later disproved. Do you have an example that you can say? Oh, Marilyn Manson's ribs, man. Oh, dude. Yeah, that you get stuck. Yeah. That yeah. was the most ubiquitous thing oh of all time. Oh my gosh! That yeah. Well, the thing is, is like you never. We, we, also, we didn't have computers really. We you know the internet yeah, wasn't was no a big Wikipedia. thing. Now everyone has a computer in their in their pocket that they can be like, "What? Tap 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 tap. That's not real." And I've I, I even do that now when we're having conversations. Not like to prove someone wrong, but like we'll be like, uh, we'll be kind of unsure on you know a statistic or I don't know, just a definition maybe. And I'm like, yeah, what just, is the connotation of I was like, this let's word? just pause. What do you think it means? Let's just pause and Google this real quick because, you know, we could sit here and argue for 30 minutes, but it's Google. Like Google's yeah. not wrong. My time has value. Yeah. And it is funny when you say that because there are many other things. Uh, I talked earlier about how uh, I used to be ignorant of the ignorant. I, I said some other ignorant shit too uh, when I was a kid. Like, I mean, I had, I had to have been like, 15 i think when i said this and i was like <laughs> and this is gonna sound really ignorant just for everyone listening this is 15 years ago and i don't think this anymore i was like i go i don't think a woman could ever be president because they they make decisions with their emotions and men make decisions with logic and uh i i thought that because the people the women in my life do that <laughs> you know uh and thinking yeah, back on it now around you yeah it's like so you formed your whole opinion on everybody else based on what you saw in front exactly and um it seems pretty normal i I think now we can realize it's as we get older and are exposed to more those ideas fall away but at the same time that's i think a very normal reaction and my big takeaway i was i you know it was funny because i was just thinking about that like the other day um my big takeaway is like I think everyone at certain points in their life, not everyone, but most people at certain points in their life are going to think some stupid shit probably, or just, they're going to, they're not going to have all the information or they're going to think narrow mindedly about something maybe. And it just takes growing. You know, I I think everyone just needs time and growing to become better people to a, to a degree. It's Uh, one of my favorite things. It, there's almost, a pleasure to having your perspective shifted, not not necessarily finding out you were wrong or maybe you were just mistaken about something or you didn't have all the information like you were saying. But we can allow for all possible scenarios, but having your perspective shifted on something um, almost feels like a like a dislocated bone coming back into the socket just yeah. feels great to me. It's like a, it's like almost like, yeah, like you said, it's like a relief thing. It's like you can like you said, it's like the dislocated bone. It's like, man something felt off before, you know, looking back on it, it's like, man, I was so off, but like now it feels, it feels right. 
um, or it felt right up until oh, the moment yeah. you received new information. Then and then it, now you feel a little better. bit of cognitive dissonance, and then it, you rectify your worldview, you shift your perspective, and it all feels great. It is. It is. It is a good feeling. I agree. Um, and that's kind of why uh, when I was talking about trying to educate people, it's like I don't think people want to be you know narrow-minded or you know racist or whatever it may be i don't think they want to be that way i think some people do <laughs> you know i think some people are like yeah i'm racist i know it um i don't yeah, care they're proud of it yeah, yeah. i'm like oh. willful ignorance I'm like okay well that's that i can never wrap my head around i'm like I, I i've tried i'm like why why would someone you know do that but uh yeah i um i can't do it but um I uh I think it does it does feel nice to get past that point like if you're the one that was thinking wrong uh to get past that point and then look back and go man I was I was stupid for thinking that way or you know whatever and uh it feels good to like make your way forward into uh I guess I don't know just like you just feel better you know like kind of yeah. what you're saying it gives a relief thing you you feel better about yourself you're like yeah, I was wrong, but I don't think like that anymore. And you know, and I, and I, I've, I've been constantly trying to like check myself on things. Like especially recently in the last four years, I got like really judgmental about certain types of people, um, and like people who like uh, didn't think like me in certain areas, and I, it just it didn't feel good. Like I, I would get angry, and I'm like, "Why am I mad? Like this person, it like they're not even talking to me, you know." Um, and I've had to, I'd like to check myself, and it's like I have friends who think like that, not, and, and they're not wrong. It's like they just have differing opinions than me. And I've, I've, I've like gone to talk to them about things, and it made me feel a lot better. Um, most it's of it's kind of two questions. Like, for one, I'm curious what. What is the situation that must exist to where ignorance is kind of glorified and you, you know, you maintain that racist point of view? Like, hey, I, I'm proud of not reading books. Like, I, I wonder what situation or uh, circumstances lead to that happening. Um, and I already forgot the second point. Well, I think it's like, it's almost like counterculture, you know, like, it's almost like this is part of the zeitgeist. I don't like people that are part of the zeitgeist. Like, I don't like, I like, you know, I think I've, I've thought about stuff like this before. You said, you mentioned not reading and how people glorify, like just things that it's like, they're happy about it. And I'm like, but you realize that people view you negatively because of that. Um, and I'm not talking about like, I'm not even talking about reading. Like, are you talking about like leisurely reading? Or are you talking about just like reading in general? Like, uh, I, was not putting any like okay. specific connotation on it. Like yeah. I don't read books. <laughs> yeah. And like people that do that. And I'm like, okay, it's like, that's great. It's like when people when game of Thrones, man, Oh my God, game of Thrones. That was like the, that was like, that's basically like the, the last prideful thing I've seen is like, I've never watched a single episode of game of Thrones. I'm like, okay. Then wh why are you here? It's like, basically they would, they would get on a thread about game of Thrones to say they haven't watched game of Thrones. People do that on Twitter too, where they, they follow a a content creator and they feel like just actively like trash them with like your content's not good. You fell off. I'm like, I'm like, then why are you still following? Or like a video game. They're like, this game sucks. I'm like, then why are you here? Like go, go play other games. Go, go other, go to where you like stuff. <laughs> I feel like it's actually yeah. like kind of what you're saying. It's actually cool, but let's put quotes around that. Uh, cool to not like stuff now. You know, it's like, oh, I don't read books. Oh, um, I haven't watched Game of Thrones. I, I don't play, I don't play Fortnite. Am I cool? Am I cool yet? You know, like. I wonder, it's probably not all of it, but the desire to kind of be a contrarian and set yourself apart and be different and throw a flag down somewhere. I'm sure that plays a part of it, but I can't be, it, that can't be it. That can't be the whole thing. I, I think it's also, you're not part of that group. So you're going to be part of the group that the other group, you know, that's not part of that group. You're the anti-group, <laughs> if you will. Gotcha. I, I, I can only guess that's what it is. I also think that from being a person who I admittedly have been, I've been mad at a lot of things, not like physically. I've never been physically violent. 
But like I get I used to get like frustrated and mad about a lot of things. I think when people have hardships in their life, they try to find an outlet. So they're just going to go that's stupid, blah blah blah. They do it to try to make themselves feel better, which it never does. Uh but I think I think I think that's part of it. They try to make themselves feel better by like shitting on other people's likes, you know? Yeah. Well, it kind of in flip side of that is if they don't like something about themselves, they can take the attention off themselves by putting it on somebody else. Yep, exactly. Well, man, uh, looks like our time's coming down, but I just want to say thank you again. Uh, I appreciate it. I don't know when this will get posted. I'm going to look into that uh, after recording this. But do you have any uh, closing words you want to say or anything? Oh, no. I think we, we talked a lot about perspective, and that is kind of important to me. And that's every time I've left a base or uh, separated from a team, I've always thanked them for not only their time, but the, the perspective that they've shared. And I listen to a lot of podcasts simply because I get other people's perspectives on things. And um, I think that would be my message, but we've already kind of talked about it. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, I do always enjoy talking to you. Um, we're, I'm definitely gonna have to be back on. Um, and yeah, again, just super appreciate it. Uh, this is the, the first episode. I don't even know what I'm calling my podcast yet. So uh, you... I'm sure sure we had a name. <laughs> was, uh, that's so funny, Ryan. Oh my God. I, I, I want to, man. I don't know. It does. It doesn't make sense because I'm not a comedian. I'm not, you know, like if I was com- a comedian, I think it would work. I don't know. I'll think of something. Um, but we, I'm good with it. Uh, but yeah, I'm hundred percent down to be a repeat offender. Awesome. Uh, well, to anyone listening, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at vanilla experience. Uh, I'll be posting this, uh, pretty much anywhere that I can think of. So Spotify, Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just make sure you, you, uh, let me know how you liked it and rate it. Thank you. Later, Jake. Love you, buddy. Bye.